0: Are we on? Yeah. Oh, I was sitting there reading the thing. Okay. (laughs) Why didn't you say something?
1: (laughs) When I asked, are you ready? And you said, yeah, I believed you. This is trust. One thing I saw actually, speaking of dating apps, on a dating app, I saw somebody say the way that trust works is you just do it. You just trust. And that's, that's just how you do it. You just lead with trust.
0: See, I am of the opposite mind and call me cynical, but like, you also have to understand that as a man obtaining consent is, is a primary function of, especially as a very, uh, sexually attractive man, obtaining consent is like a primary function of my, my interactions. That shit is like two factor authentication. You feel me? Like, I flew planes. So when you fly planes, when you communicate, somebody says something to you and then you say it back and then they confirm it. You feel me? And so, like, I think that's just how I go about, like. Anything, really, like if if I say something, I don't want to leave nothing up to interpretation. You feel me? Now, granted, communication in and of itself isn't quite as cut and dry, right? Because most of our communication is not verbal. So the things that we say and the things that we do can differ. And the things that we do can be led up to interpretation. But as far as like what I have immediate control over and consciousness of, yeah, no, I I need two-factor authentication. So that's just how, that's probably way too deep in uh, respect to what we talk about. But That's just how I feel about it. I don't really, not to be cynical, but I don't really lead with trust. That's just, you know, I don't really lead with trust. Tell me what's up.
1: On this episode of Hotepri, we will be discussing the art of traffic. Hi, I'm (laughs) Monisha at Monisha Homes. And here with me is my co-host.
0: Oh, that's the lead in, okay. You know what it is, Elemental P at helianthus.ho.
1: Okay, so <laughs> it's interesting that that is your perspective because it makes sense. Obviously, that there are people who do not lead with trust. Even more fascinating. That's that's like that's like going through the dark and expecting monsters to pop out.
0: Yeah. All but time like it, it, it might not necessarily be the most relaxed way of going about life but if something happens then i reckon that there's a certain amount of preparation involved you know um you don't know what's in the dark there could be monsters in there maybe there aren't but you never know so
1: it's, it's interesting weird. because the neutral state of the world that we live in can be perceived as scary, as Mm. having reason to distrust. And this really comes down to, are you the type of person that sees the glass as half full or half empty? Uh, It's interesting because yeah, like there's plenty of things not to trust on the world, like on the earth. That being said, what's that like?
0: I'll tell you what I trust. I trust my gut. And because of that, to answer your question about what it's like, I don't think it's probably as stressful as, as you might perceive it as being. Because, so I'll give you a prime example. And we talked about this. You know I went to jail last week. <laughs> I didn't do nothing, but I went to jail last week. I fit the description, you know, mistaken identity and all of that. Normally, when I'm in Tuskegee, I ride around with my gun on me because I'm in Tuskegee. This particular day, I was heading to Auburn to do some grocery shopping. And I had this debate with myself. And by debate, I mean it lasted all of three seconds. But I was like, do I need my gun? No, I don't need it. And I trusted my gut. And that same day i got pulled over and taken to jail you feel me nobody asked for my license and registration nobody they were looking for let them tell it they were looking for somebody that they considered to be dangerous enough to wear they had me with my hands on the car and they had their guns out you feel me and that was the day that i decided not to take my gun with me so um i say all that to say I trust my gut enough to where I can operate with that type of mentality because it's discretion like anything else. You know, it's not it's not like I'm always on pins and needles. Like I'm just like Batman have a contingency plan for everything because I just feel like everything is going to go wrong. But um I also know that the world that we live in and especially the time that we live in is uh, very cynical and very dangerous. You know, so I just you know, move accordingly.
1: When you explain it like that, it's easier to understand because the lack of trust that I feel is to some extent, the neutral state of being it's accepting there's no safe space. Mm. It's ideal for that to exist it's ideal to have those relationships. My belief is that towers always fall. That's a, for people who are not familiar, that's a reference to the tarot card, the tower. The tower mm-hmm. is a metaphor to express sometimes things are built up and it seems like you have a sturdy foundation. For example, you might build up a momentary career. You might build up a relationship and then turns out what you thought was a firm foundation, what you thought was a secure room, something ends up giving and the entire tower falls and all those in it fall. And then you kind of have to adjust and like accept the rubble that's around. That's Mm -hmm. a lot of how I go about trust. I trust that harm has an an inevitable appearance in our life. We fall, we misunderstand or misspeak. There are so many ways that we can harm people and harm ourselves. I trust that, I believe in chances. I really do. The thing is, I also trust that people are not great liars in that you can't live a lie forever. Mm. Eventually it comes out whether it comes out when somebody's alive or dead. And I believe that in most cases somebody's true intentions, true motivations comes out. And that's why when I let people go, It really is I trust, I still trust you. I trust you to be exactly who you showed me to be.
0: That's an interesting way of looking at that. And yeah, you're right. I mean, sometimes trust isn't necessarily in somebody, what they say, but it is in what they do, you know, and same with society, you know, trust isn't always what society presents itself as, but it might be what it's been for you. So I think to a certain degree, to your point, we all trust our outlook on life you know and so
1: and don't get me wrong a lot of the time people are just like some people it's obvious Hmm. there's like for enough people it is obvious and then there's those points where it sounds like I probably do this more than you giving people the benefit of the chance. Uh, Or benefit of the doubt, like, or having an emotional connection and wanting to have a belief in a person. The older that I get, the less I do that.
0: Hmm. Well, you know what's interesting is, like, for me, for example, I'm a very, maybe not trusting individual, but a very forgiving individual. So nine times out of ten, like, I do not fall out with people. And we've had this conversation before. Like, I don't fall out with people. Um, If ever I have had a bridge burn between me and somebody else, it's usually that other person's choice. You feel me? I I don't really hold grudges like that. I don't really fall out. Now, with that being said, I also don't believe in making the same mistake twice. So there are times where somebody has done me wrong and I'm still cool. Like, I'll forgive them now i'm not going to put myself in a position where they're going to do that to me again and that might be offensive to that person um but there's no love loss it's just you feel me like even when people borrow money from me i don't really expect to get that money back like if i'm giving it to somebody i'm not giving it to them with the expectation of them giving that money back now if they give it back cool and i'm gonna remember that like okay these are the principles that this person operates by. Like, I, I appreciate that. But like, if one of my family members or one of my little cousins or something asked me for some money and they don't give it back, like I, I can't be mad at them. <laughs> they asked the right person, you know what I'm saying? So it, there's a certain level of, uh, once again, not trust, but discretion and context that matters. Right. Um, and to your point, maybe it is trust. Maybe it's trusting people to be exactly who they are.
1: And a lot of the time, yes. What what you said exactly, a lot of the time, what I've learned, the hard way, mm-hmm. is when somebody learns how to be them and not project them onto somebody else, they can actually peep what someone is communicating. And... It's interesting because I think that a lot of people probably operate from, to some extent, the distrust distrusting place. I don't want to say distrustful place because from the studies I've read, it seems that people are more trustworthy than really given the credit. And mm-hmm. I also think that sometimes what people experience is exactly what they were looking for. Mm -hmm. So for example, the song Chicago, uh, the song, uh, whatchamacallit, the song Cell Block Tango from Chicago, the musical. Word. (laughs) It's so funny because listening to that as an adult because i listened to a lot of musical theater and i was a theater kid back when uh i was in middle and high school going back and listening to cell block tango from chicago as an adult really i didn't like it i found it extremely off-putting and It was one of those things where even just listening to the words was off-putting.
0: Why is that?
1: I think with the context that a lot of women didn't have uh, rights, changes, cell block tango's perspective and it's not just women who flew off the handle and decided to kill their husbands or, or boyfriends for whatever reason. That being said, I guess there's nothing more unattractive to me than staying with a man who's gonna ruin your life in that way. Like maybe like going to jail or going to prison. I'm pretty sure they were in prison because they killed people. It was in prison because they killed but here's in the thing. Because they killed people. Going to prison, I use those terms pretty, you know, like almost synonymously going to prison for murder and like re-listening to it, the cheating, the X, Y, and Z, listening to all the reasons why these women finally flew off the handle. I've always been the type of person in relationships where if it gets that deep, it's time to go. Mm. And listening to women sing so passionately. The only one that I kind of felt bad for was the one who was speaking in what seemed to be an Eastern European language that I could not understand. So I realized how just me not even being able to identify the language that she is speaking, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it made me think of Brittany Griner in Russia right now as the American.
0: Mm -hmm. It,
1: It made me empathetic to people in the prison system who are immigrants or who are foreign, for Whatever reason. That being said, aside from that, listening to these women being in jail, I just, I for whatever reason, it just, it, that's not what I want to listen to. I don't want to yeah, listen to It
0: was out. very, like, white woman tears. You know, it was very, like, yeah, I'm in jail, but he had it coming. It was like, yeah, but you killed him. <laughs> like, it'd be one thing if, like, if, if it was a life or death situation and you chose life and you killed him. But, like, you killed him because he was mad. Like, some of them times, some women just killed him because they was mad. So, like, yeah, he might have done some things he shouldn't have been doing, but, like, you're supposed to be in here, you know? It was it was very white woman tears in that sense.
1: And it's also one of those things, too, where I guess, like, been really... Back when I was younger, I, I was... I don't think I really was thinking that deeply about the words being said. Even when I was listening to Walk a Flock of Flame 1, I didn't know he had an album named Flock of Belly.
0: Flock of Belly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that he had an album named Flock of Belly. You know Black and, people
0: love some, some Machiavelli.
1: And and then the next thing, I didn't realize how many of the bangers were on Flock of Belly. Man, please, what you mean? <laughs>
0: Go oh, hard in the motherfucking paint. What? <laughs> come what? on, bro.
1: Was, I was, <laughs> saying, bro. What the fuck is you <laughs>
0: like,
1: I literally, I was like, oh, let's do it. I was like, I was like, come on, bro. This drug dealing music. Drug dealing. And I'm like, wait a second. I don't remember hearing that.
0: Now, I'm going to tell you something wild, though. Walker Flocka Flame ain't from Atlanta.
1: Where is he from?
0: He's from New York.
1: Oh, that makes all the sense. That's funny. A
0: flock of Flame. Now, to his in his defense, I do think that he spent more of his childhood down south. Like I think he moved from New York when he was relatively young. But Walker Flock of Flame ain't from and he's showing hell, I don't think he's really from Riverdale because I'm pretty sure his mother was in the music industry already. You feel me? Like he comes from a certain amount of privilege. Now, with that being said. Black has some bangers on it. Black uh, <laughs> really has some. We still play hard in the paint. So
1: it just, all of that made me stop. And it was one of those things where that music might get me pumped up on my run. Mm-hmm. That being said, it's just real. Even, you know what is really funny too? Even I, would, I, I, I uh, I bought a record player, and the record that I have is an Arab Kabadu record. Mm. I put the record on and even got a little dizzy, fatigued, faint. Mm. There are certain artists who, the older I get, the more the sound starts to hit different. Mm. And... Even when I listen to different tunes for what, you know, I just, I pick up on what kind of music, what tune, and even in college, I remember having an interaction with someone and they were like, think of the songs that they're playing. Interesting. I love how this is all on the episode, The Art of Trapping.
0: The art of trapping. And look, I was I was about to use that as a segue. Like, we really talking some trap, some trap trap right now. So, since we're getting on that subject then, would you mind elaborating on the art of trapping in context to, to what we're talking about today?
1: See, I really just, I'm going to be real. I thought it was a really magnifique uh, <laughs> name. <laughs> I thought it would just come. Okay. magnifique. <laughs> that means... Uh, <laughs> uh, I think that because this has been the season of love and relationships, there's also then a conversation to be had about the relationships that came from the trap. And I'ma segue right into a social media post that you sent me, actually. It was a young- Lord have mercy. (laughs) blonde white woman and Hold
0: on. Hold on, before you continue uh, this is what we're going to do we're going to have Zenus put the audio from that video into the episode so they can hear it, now explain it to them and then and then I'm going to cue Zenus for when to put this in there because with that context, go ahead, go ahead go ahead this shit got me hyped This video
1: is a young, fit white woman and a young, fit black man. I'm going to mention she's blonde. He has tattoos and locks black hair. She has straight hair that goes down to her shoulders. He's topless and wearing, I would say, long, loose basketball shorts. Mm. She is wearing... Uh, probably biker shorts, so shorts that uh, go to the thigh, and what seems to be a sports bra. If I'm this white woman has this
0: Negro looking like he on the auction block, <laughs> let's just say, what it is.
1: <laughs> in a way that did give me that same vibe. That being yeah. said, when you sent it to me, I did not racialize that. <laughs> I saw no. race, I didn't yeah. racialize.
0: No, and I will say this because context matters. Um, there are things that aren't inherently racialized that we will racialize because we have a certain amount of context, but that doesn't necessarily take away from the converse. If anything, it is a testament to exactly what white privilege is. You feel me? I
1: never racialized two people.
0: I would never racialize two people in love. What I would racialize, and maybe this was not the intention, it certainly wasn't the intention, but uh, when a white woman has a black man up on an auction block talking about, yeah, you know, when I received this model, you know, he he took some breaking in, but he got, you know, he. I mean, it, it's hard not to racialize that with the context. You know
1: what's really funny? I was exercising yeah. sarcasm because you can't unracialize like that's going to be a white woman. And I feel like the white friends that I've had usually acknowledge who they are when they enter a relationship. And that's not a bad thing. I don't think the colorblind approach does no real benefit. It's uh, not real. To people <laughs> because it gaslights them from
0: not their real.
1: experience.
0: Nobody is colorblind. Even motherfuckers is colorblind, know the difference between black people and white people.
1: There is a difference. So it's one of those things where if I am being quite frank, when I saw it, my response is, so next thing. That's real. Because it's to the point where he chose. It's one of those things where it's hard because
0: he made that decision. It was two people that made a decision. I'm not mad at the white that woman. He
1: made that decision. It's that he signed. He chose. I believe he was in that video on his like, like he wanted to be. I feel like it just gets to the point where I've said this for a while as someone who realizes how I have lacked self-respect for myself. Respect, when I took the time to learn what respect is, it's about value. It's about being able to see the self as value. And I think what's very difficult is that a lot of young Black males, namely those with natural hair and tattoos and are fit, are taught to devalue themselves because they have a continuous messaging that they are of low value. So it's Mm. not that I have this complete loss of care for that entire situation. It just comes to the point where it's like, we get what happens when a system makes us hate ourselves and unfortunately we believe it. That Mm. being said, what I've seen a lot of young, Black males do differently than Black females is their do-the-slave joke.
0: Yeah. And, and just to clarify.
1: You do the very racialized humor in a way that seems like, okay, like, okay, like, that's, that's your choice.
0: Yeah. And and I'm not particularly mad at people turning trauma into humor. And just to clarify, I'm not even upset at the white woman for being clueless because that's what white people do. They do things cluelessly sometimes. I'm not even really upset at the brother. But what I am kind of uncomfortable with is. I'm imagining his mother and his aunties and his grandmother cringing. And I think I'm projecting myself into his shoes. Like, Ooh, like you got to deal. Like that's just, un- that's uncomfortable. And then the other thing that really kind of bothers me is. um, And this is coming from a black person who's very pro-black who's dated outside of my culture. You feel me? I think that, well, I'm going to be careful about how I say this. I think certain women, <laughs> certain women are really put off when they see black men not dating. Well, I shouldn't say not dating. Black men dating other women besides black women. And, and some people try to be like, oh, we don't care. Yes, you do. <laughs> um, I think certain women are very put off by that because I think... This is what they're imagining when they see Black men dating non-Black women, especially white women. I think that's what they think is going on sometimes.
1: You know what's really funny? I cannot relate to that perspective at all, partially because I grew up seeing Black men in my family with white women. And Mm -hmm. what I sometimes... Feel, even having white female friends or having had white female friendships, what I feel for them is, and I think this is true for a lot of men of color, actually, when you choose to date outside of your race, you like the man will give you that burden in some way, shape, or form. I feel like I've watched black men just drag whoever they're with through the ringer in a way that I would say that the woman did not deserve. And even when I watched that video, the reason why I zoomed past a little bit and did not have interest is because for for those two people, for her to be a woman and for him to be black, for her to be white, and for him to be a man, for those two people to have consented to be in that video together, this was a video made in what, I, what is the, I assume the 2000s. I'm assuming- Oh, this was made
0: like a week or two ago.
1: Okay, so this is a yeah. week or two ago, 2022, August, Leo season. <sighs> United States of America. You know I shouldn't be throwing
0: up hands for Leo season because I'd be telling so many other people I'm something else just to see. Go on.
1: You know what? I was just about to say, I hate that I haven't wished you a happy birthday, mostly because after you told me that you were born somewhere else, I lost trust for you completely.
0: Okay, no, 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 no. Okay, in my defense... That was not on purpose. I thought that I was born. As
1: an astrology girly, that really conflicted with my new belief of "I trust you completely until you tell me something
0: else." No, no, no. no, But okay, (laughs) with that in mind, like I thought that I was born in Alabama. I was actually born in Indiana, but that that wasn't on purpose. I'm talking about okay. (laughs) I'm sorry for any of y'all listening that I've done this to. Um, it's been times where somebody has asked me what my sun sign is. And I've made up some complete and utter BS just to see what their reaction would be. Not to make them feel stupid or anything. I, I don't I don't have any lack of respect for what people believe in. I'm just an experimental person. I want to see what their reaction would be. Because, see, I'd have had so many people ask me and I'd have been like, I'm a Scorpio. I don't even know see, when.
1: problematic first. is if you would have told me you're a Scorpio, I would have completely believe that. I believe that even more than the Leo.
0: But then that's the funny part, because you know what? When I've said stuff to folks like that, they've been like, yeah, you totally are. Like I could see that. I don't know what the hell... I don't even know what month the Scorpio's in, dog. I am... <laughs> and I ain't never say anything, because I didn't... My goal is not to insult anybody's beliefs or make anybody feel like their worldview is invalidated. I'm just entertaining myself. I just want to see what people do, you know, because it's not just that. I've done it with other things too. You, you feel me? So
1: it's funny you say that because I have a picture in my phone that's set up like a definition that says astrology, the art of exposure. It goes back to like away. that life <laughs> belief of how I'm like, you know, People are, people, when we approach someone, I even, I respect people who tell me exactly how they feel from the jump. That way I know I don't want to spend time with that person. Let me go the opposite way. And we've talked about this in so many different ways. Getting back to that video though, given the timing, given the context we have about that video, when I saw it, the way that I looked at it is yes, there I saw their races. The other perspective that I took into consideration is what I perceived their classes to be.
0: <laughs> and, yeah. And yeah, also for sure.
1: And also uh, getting back to what you were saying about his mama, his auntie, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of black men I think have. And not, it's not just black men. That being said, a lot of black men have disdain for the lack of proximity to white womanhood their mothers have.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: what I mean by the lack of proximity their mothers have to white womanhood, it means the privilege of having been seen as a woman and not a beast from the beginning. The uh, the not all black women went to Jack and Jill, so there are certain typical sensibilities that might be lost. I think that what is and quote civil behavior makes it interesting cross, like it, it it almost crosses a line sometimes when people expect civilized behavior, when really at minimum, I think that black women are fine for giving civil behavior a lot of the time. And that being said, when she's talking about the breaking in that she had to do, I took it from a few different perspectives. One, I took it as, and I'm gonna come with a story. I dated this, uh, this woman when I was in uh, New York. She was like, you don't have this, 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 you you need these things for your home. To which my main priority at that time was working a job. There were just so many um, luxuries that there, I don't think there's ever really been too many points in my direct lineage that the women of my family that are Black have had that proximity to to privilege. Hmm. Especially when, like, if a Black person does know these things, you then have to ask, where were their family members?
0: That's real. That's real. And, you know, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up because I've had the exact same experiences where, I mean, you know me, I haven't had too many, uh, I say long-term girlfriends, but it seems like the ones that I have always came from a certain amount of money. And part of the, I guess, tension, whenever there was tension in these relationships came from um, how time was spent, how time was spent, I'm sorry. Because um, I work for a living, you feel me? And <laughs> not all of these people work for a living or even had to. And so there was a a difference in priority when it came to uh, spending time together. um, And I do think that there is certainly a class conversation to be had with this video, maybe even more so than a race one, because like I said, I don't think that this woman intended I'm not really mad at her. I, I don't think she intended it to be a race thing. I don't think I think I, that it was a a certain amount of cluelessness, like I said, that just comes from not having that context. I really and I'm not even mad at him. I'm just cringing because I'm thinking about
1: it the way they worded it did seem humorous. It seemed really humorous. That being said, I appreciate that video from a comedic perspective because the other angle, and this is the angle that I actually kind of think it is. Of course, I can't know, and I do not have the desire to hunt this woman down and get the answers if we get them. Cool.
0: <laughs> I would yeah. love to have her on a pod at some point myself.
1: <laughs> I really, I think that what we would get is probably a, you know, ladies, you gotta trap them. They are reckless until you beat them into submission. You know how Iggy Zalia said, you're the slave and I'm the slave master. And that was problematic. I still believe that she should have not said that. That being said, (laughs) slaves were not all black and it is problematic to associate fully black people and white people in the slave master dynamic. That being said, we see where we are and we see how the system still treats people. What it really seemed like was a w- woman saying, I had to, I had to get my man to act right. You know, it took some time. It took some time. I had to put the collar on him. I had to put, I had to make him I had to make him some pasta. You know, it took time. But I finally, you know, I talked to the Brujas.
0: But First of all, this not- is a white woman. She's making pasta salad. She Let me stop.
1: <laughs> and that would probably work better than red pasta.
0: Okay. Um, I feel you and I, I feel what you're saying, but I do think that you would feel differently about it if the roles were reversed. If this wasn't a woman in this position, I do think that you'd feel differently about it.
1: And um it's not that I didn't feel empathy it's interesting that you used the word empathy if the roles were reversed and I want you to understand how many times I see it the same response
0: scroll oh yeah no i'm just talking about the as far as the the logic that you're applying to it because i understand that that's what she meant i i certainly hmm.
1: I, I get where you're so, getting at now. I get what yeah, you're getting Yeah, you're but
0: doing. my thing, and this is what I've always said about whiteness and white cluelessness and not even just white cluelessness, cluelessness in general, most of the evils that happen in the world aren't being perpetrated by evil people. They're being perpetrated by indifferent people. The, the best way to be indifferent is to be clueless. So no, I'm not upset with this woman because I am certain that she didn't have any racial intention behind making this video. You feel me? I think that it is still worth addressing because it causes people to look inward at their actions and their words and contextualize them. And that's how people learn. And that's how these conversations, um, result in some sort I would hope of progress as far as society goes and not this in particular this is very you feel me this is, this is inconsequential but just the concept of it
1: getting back to make making sure that I'm getting at where you're coming from because you know I, I can think that I am that being said you may not what I do think there's something to say about being able to look back and think about how we perpetuate harm, mm-hmm. not just to another person, to a group of people, which is difficult because when we have, uh, you know, like at least like you and I have both been to, uh, grad, uh, to undergrad. So we've had like that academic perspective of you can approach Uh, issue like oh my gosh this is the experience of black people and here are the statistics of this happens then kind of lose sight of how it happens on a person-to-person like uh encounter or in a Mm -hmm. person-to-person encounter when seeing that video to me is like okay i'm gonna say some real dark And it's not that dark for the people who are aware they're aware and this get actually gets into dating apps being a woman or what is perceived as woman whatever a person identifies with if you are being perceived as woman you are in this you are in this I remember on dating apps how people would send me messages about their hyper racialized fantasies that they wanted Ooh, a black person, now. specifically a black girl, that would be okay role playing, specifically the this the Northern American plantation. Fantasy. Come on,
0: bro.
1: <laughs> for real I'll be so real with you when I say nothing in my soul feels empathy for people who did and did not have to some people are in some really dire situations that might not even be financial so That's what <laughs> when and it's it, it's there are enough and that's dark. I'm sure not everybody's on these apps with those things. That being said, if you are Asian, you've probably been fetishized on a dating app. If you are Ooh, Jewish yeah. or Italian, you might have been sex like Tina might have been s- sexualized for your ethnic background. Black, automatically, people are like, "Hey, slave" and word bish.
0: Really? It's like that. I don't, that? See, I don't have no experience with dating apps. You feel a me? Little yeah, less you know this.
1: So, a little less so. That being said, I'm the type of person where yes, I, even in the earlier parts of the show where you're like, you trust the vibe that you get. I recently, it's so funny because I've started giving myself permission to be less compassionate. So mm. instead of uh, you know, getting a weird message from someone and then deciding, okay, well, you know, perhaps I didn't understand. There are times where words can be misinterpreted. Now it's not even about words. It's the vibe. It's the way they put words together. It's the music that we're listening to. It, like, it, sometimes you can misinterpret even that.
0: Mm, okay. The
1: so- ne- which words that someone chooses to put in their mouth. So I even go back and forth with how I want to express myself. Like, I have OK Cupid, and on my OK Cupid, it says, I want someone who's into mushrooms, non psychedelic ones. And I'm thinking about taking the non psychedelic part out. But if I take non psychedelic out, it almost feels like I have to take out mushrooms, even though I really like button mushrooms. I like.
0: Hmm.
1: Bella mushrooms. I, I really do enjoy mushrooms. I enjoy mushroom elixir. I I enjoy I, I enjoy mushroom. And perhaps I'm missing something. Like, you know, perhaps I'm missing something. That being said, I I even feel weird using the word non-psychedelic because to some extent it's almost like people still gravitate towards me, like the people who do, you know, like they they are like, oh, well, she's saying these words. She's saying these languages. When I, that's how I just kind of find that with dating apps, what I like about them is usually you can't figure out people that quickly.
0: Mm. Do you think that people on dating apps are more communicative, or do you think that people on dating apps are? more communicative of the image of themselves that they want other people to see. Because this is what I've noticed on social media, right? Like social media in a lot of ways has brought the world, it's made the world a lot smaller, right? It's made certain things that were on the fringe of society and that are still on the fringe, um, it's made communities out of those things in ways that they haven't been before, right? but there is a difference between a person's online persona and the person that they are unintentionally right like like the batman movie for example everybody thought the riddler was like a g you feel me but the riddler was just an incel living in the basement you know so like I wonder what your take is on that because I don't have a whole bunch, well, really none experience with dating apps. Would you say like it's easier to get to know somebody or harder?
1: It's interesting because I still take it on a person to person basis. What I mean by it's easier to get to know someone is you start to see the types of people. Mm. For example, When I see somebody spinning fire, I think one thing. When I see someone who has a fish and most of their pictures are on a boat, they might be living a life outside of that. And to be fair, you can't really fully assume how someone's living their life because, yes, they can be creating a character. And we know that there are people that go on dating apps and they they create these fake accounts and even dress up and create you create entire characters on these dating apps so knowing that that happens i don't necessarily think that makes for better communication as much as it's a beginner's way to start thinking about oh who might i get along with that being said even then you still don't know that person
0: i got you i got you so it's just i mean to a certain degree, it's it's just like dating in real life. It's just a catch-22, you know? And, and there's more, I guess, there's less beating around the bush, I guess, in some ways. Like, if you're approaching somebody in the real world, you know, the old-fashioned way, as they say, there's a certain amount of conversation that you're going to have. You know, you want to get to know somebody. I'll take my number down. We can hang out, blah, blah, blah. I suppose if you're on a dating app, people are kind of there for similar reasons, even though that's not necessarily true, because some people want to hook up and some people want to find somebody. So, yeah, uh-huh. and there
1: are plenty of people that meet on the dating app. And the sample that I use, like the, the little population of people who are making fake accounts or trying to bait and trap people, those. People may not be the majority, like even let's take someone like the Tinder swindler. He became famous because he was dating these women and flashing money and ended up taking their money. And these women ended up being thousands of dollars of debt after being with him. That is such a rarity. However,
0: <laughs> it
1: probably also occurs on a smaller scale as well. The, I guess a part of the reason why, even going back to the video we were talking about, that I don't necessarily feel, it's not about empathy. It's hard to empathize with two people that I don't know that seem to be in a consensual situation. All it did was make me cringe and move on. It, it's, there's nothing to say when all I have is my bias to rely on.
0: That's fair. That's fair. I think that's that's a fair way to Yeah, I, I feel that. I feel that. And now,
1: even in real life, people can do the same. And I wouldn't even see here's the thing. I I think it's interesting that people create in their minds that this is the internet in the real world. And I can understand that perspective. That's I think that that's a deflection from the fact that those two things exist in the real world. Mm. So I think that maybe people who aren't on dating apps might like to think that they might be a little bit better because they don't have to resort to that. People who are on dating apps are people who are also not on dating apps. Like it's
0: what I'm Yeah, found for is sure. People yeah.
1: are people. So it's the same with yeah. human communication.
0: People are people. And do and these two so things that-
1: communicate.
0: Yeah, yeah. And to that, I'd say that, you know, I use real world in quotes because that's that's how people kind of perceive it. But you're absolutely right. You know, the Internet simply made the world smaller, but nothing is new under the sun. Everything that exists right now has existed forever. You know, um, I think the Internet has just created an environment that facilitates communication more easily. Um so I don't necessarily look down on dating apps. For me, I've never been on a dating app number 1 because I just it, it hasn't really been something that hasn't really been something that I really vibe with to be honest with you. Um number one. And number two, I think I'm just kind of paranoid about the <laughs> the internet, once again, I'm just paranoid. Um and you got to understand I am from uh, rural America, I'm from the Midwest and the South, and I grew up partially on a farm. And so my outlook on life is very, uh, as much as I consider myself progressive and liberal on a political level, in terms of my personal life, I'm very traditional in a lot of ways. Um, and I guess, you know, that is just one of those ways. Even social media, you know, my take on social media. I'm not really trying to be on social media like that. So. But it's interesting. Um, now, with that being said, I've heard horror stories about dating apps too. And me not having a whole bunch of experience with dating apps. I want to know what some of the horror stories you have are, if you feel like talking about them or
1: not. Um, I think the horrible things are the things that I just would not engage in.
0: OK, that's fair. That's fair. You know, like
1: after telling you the plantation guy and how that yeah, that's, was, that's kind know. of a horror story, <laughs> <laughs> that became a quick no for me. Like it just was one of those things where I'm not even going to assume that somebody volunteered to participate in that
0: Somebody definitely did. Somebody I'm definitely not did.
1: going to volunteer the belief that they did because the absence of evidence.
0: Is not the evidence of absence. (laughs) (laughs) Hair girl. (laughs) Hey, man, look, I'll put it to you this way. If there wasn't a market for it, he wouldn't be asking for
1: it. It's interesting, too, because a lot of people, getting back to your experience of being raised in a rural area, a lot of people don't care and don't have to care. And when they care, care just becomes a laughable waste of time to them. Caring, unfortunately, is subject to opinion.
0: Yeah, that's that's the whole point of caring. It's subjective. I feel that. I feel that. And and not every battle is worth having. I genuinely believe that if people are happy then let them be. And even with this video, like we're we're criticizing it from a societal standpoint, or at least I am. But like, I don't have no dogs in that fight, you know, like that's that's him and her, like that's their relationship. You know, I don't, don't have any dogs in that it's fight. It's
1: interesting so. because I'm also, you know, it gets to those things of what interests you at a particular time and why. You, even um, that video, like, do you think that Black people should care that that exists? Collectively.
0: Mm, I don't think that black people should care that that exists. I think that my reaction to it was very emotional on the level of. Once again, somebody who has dated interracially before or slept around interracially before and having the. Revelation that, damn. This is probably what people that look down on interracial relationships think is happening. And really, it was more of a moment of empathy for those people, not necessarily a criticism of, I mean, I guess by proxy, it was a criticism of of, them, but it was more like, okay, when uh, this Black woman who I'm very close to thought that i only dated white women, which is not accurate at all, but thought that I only dated white women and had some choice words for me. I can empathize now with how she felt because I'm seeing this from this perspective and this shit looked bad. <laughs> um, and I think that she thought that that's what the mentality was. And, and I have noticed that a lot of times when black men in particular date outside of their race, there's a certain set of assumptions that comes with it. And we've spoken about that before. I don't think that those assumptions are without warrant, because as much as I hate to say it, Black men have had a notorious history of speaking in ways about Black women that were honestly embarrassing. A, and B, nobody asked. Um, So I understand where those assumptions come from. I don't think that they're correct all the time or even most of the time,
1: but... It's a matter of what I find now is a lot of people can benefit from something you say all the time. Say less.
0: Say less. Sometimes
1: what people think they think, and I've done this, you think you're ranting about something that is a general issue, in actuality
0: perhaps not it's just not even that deep sometimes like most people's opinions are inconsequential you feel me i say everybody's opinion is inconsequential except for people making laws for real for real like we could sit here and talk about things all day and have discourse and refine our ideas as individuals amongst each other but like Nobody's opinion actually matters. So if you disagree with something, I
1: actually don't agree with that because yes, I get what you're saying in regards to everyone's opinion is generally inconsequential aside from people making laws. That being said, the average person, uh, the reality is Local interactions and community interactions still have value. So I disagree with that. I do think that opinions matter. And that's I think true. that the yeah, emerging opinions yeah. lead to consequence because usually people want to confirm their own bias and they want to feel not so isolated. Because if somebody has an unpopular opinion and nobody agrees with them or seemingly agrees with them, that can be an isolating
0: experience. That's true. That's true. I'll concede that. I, I think that's a... A fair observation. I will say that I think collectivism holds a lot more weight than individuality. And what I mean by that is there are people that you generally agree with when it comes to most things, but no two people, I would say, agree on everything, right? And I don't think that the individual disagreements hold as much weight as the collectivist reasons why you are brought to said community in the first place. But to your point, you're right. When you are in a community, which certainly everybody is, or at least most people, um, the opinions of the collective, if they conflict with the opinions of the individual, the individual might be under a microscope. And that can be a very othering experience. So, yeah, I, I'll concede that. I'll concede that. But when it comes to things like this, bro, I don't. I don't care. (laughs) Um, I think that it's an interesting segue into a greater conversation. But
1: I don't think any black person needed to see that. I feel like that's just like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) It was just weird, man. It It was was
1: just an interesting. And you know, like, I have no idea what the reason was. It just was an interesting.
0: Yeah. Now, with that being said, like, because we're talking about trapping and I know you brought it up in the context of that video, like I I needed to make him act right.
1: No, mean, we, pre- we preset these things. This is, we got to talk about trapping in the whole. I'm bringing up trapping. Well, yeah, that,
0: that, that's, that's what I was about to ask you. Like, what do you think constitutes trapping and what makes that different from just like a regular social contract between two people? Or, or is it different?
1: Social contract, that's a strong word. You know, it's funny because I use the term trapping very lightly. I, it's more so as a joke, sometimes a sarcastic statement because when two people choose to be in a relationship, they choose to be in a relationship And the decision to be in a relationship does not negate abuse that occurs within the relationship. Where the thought of trapping almost creates an idea that a person was doomed from the beginning. And perhaps like there is a huge sign, oh my gosh, like, this person is trying to trap you like slave and master. Like this is there's a there's a bear trap here. This that cheese is actually a trap and it's going to snap on your neck. Mm. Takes going back to the Tinder swindler. He,
0: he,
1: <laughs> that was guy. That
0: was he was trapping. A, that he was trapping. He was trapping
1: in more than one way. He I'm was, not
0: mad at him though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not mad at him. And it's not its not for the reason of like, oh, he was getting his money. It's not even that. I'm not mad at him not to interrupt you because like them women wasn't asking enough questions. Them women wasn't asking enough questions. You know what's
1: really uncomfortable? And this is why I'm single. Sometimes <laughs> these men make it very difficult to even begin to think of what to ask, and there are nah. social formalities that make certain questions rude. Personally,
0: if somebody I asked me for ten thousand dollars, yeah.
1: I have loaned an ex boyfriend money and been paid back. You know, I don't was just... he
0: asking you for ten thousand dollars
1: exactly. So that's the next. I've had a, I had an ex boyfriend ask me to take out a loan of one hundred fifty thousand dollars,
0: and you did it
1: not it's kind of like the plantation role play there are some things so silly that i had to just not even ask questions at that point you don't have to ask questions you you hear you hear the words you hear the words you hear the words the
0: words if you would have been one of those women that the tender swindler was dealing with you wouldn't have been in that documentary as I lost all my life savings to this man, because you would have had enough discretion and asked enough questions to have been like, you know what? I, I don't ask enough nah.
1: questions.
0: <laughs> I you just might not ask them, them vocally. A no, no.
1: As a black woman, I'm dating yeah. vibes.
0: When I say ask questions, I mean, I, I'm really saying that hyperbolically. But what I'm saying is there's a certain amount of discretion that comes with yeah. it. Right. So When he's asking these women for all of this money, no, I don't feel bad because there's a lot of common sense that just wasn't used. And I think it's very...
1: I think that they felt like that was a partnership. And for me personally, for me personally, for me, for me as a Jamaican American woman, the V is for victory. I'm tired of you. (laughs) We ain't partners until you're trying to sign this prenuptial arrangement, this prenuptial situation, until you're trying to tell me explicitly how deep in this partnership we are. If you can't form words, that's what I learned from the Middle Eastern man. Okay, I want to say one thing, what I will say in regards to dating stories, when you go on TikTok and there is a guy who's like, Habibi. You want to lose weight? Oh. <laughs> just, just get to an Arab man, Habibi. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> when do said that. I was like, that's exactly how I lost ninety pounds, thanks to my, <laughs> thanks to my past. Thank like, yes, you know, like, so much. Like, I'm so oh. mad. I'm so mad. You, <laughs> led, you
0: led with
1: Change your a man. Don't you don't even have to date him. Just be scared.
0: I'm so mad you led with Habibi. <laughs> hey <Y'all>. man. <laughs>
1: I know <laughs> the TikTok videos. He's like, Habibi, come to Dubai. Why be coming to Dubai? Why we coming to Dubai?
0: <laughs> Don't let the men fly you out to Dubai. And this is another thing I'll say. Don't be fooled by them things you be seeing on Instagram. Okay, now I know we just had a whole conversation about uh, the real world and social media not being as divided as, as we seem. But... Don't be fooled by them women getting flown out to Dubai and they they doing some reckless things sometimes.
1: I'm actually going to explicitly say this because it's one of those things where, look, 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 American privilege don't exist in the way that people think it does.
0: That's real. And that's real.
1: People don't realize that the bubble of America was disenabling to full comprehension of danger. I would actually say or prostitution
0: that, for that matter. Yes. I would, <laughs> I would
1: absolutely say that uh, it's unfortunate how many people skew lines and I would even I when I see the stories about the women who have unfortunate situations happening in foreign countries, of course I naturally feel bad. That being said, whenever I've been invited to a foreign country, one of the first things I do is see how they treat people that look like me. Yo, thanks. That's <laughs> what you gotta do. Hey, well, I'm a I may never go to the Middle East. I may never go to the Middle East because I don't know that I'm allowed. I mean, I don't think I'm
0: wrong. And it's not even, I mean, that's definitely a big component of it too, but I'm just talking about the things that happened on the back end too. Like there is so much, and and this is partially because we live in such a capitalistic society too, but we really be confusing like normal interactions with prostitution sometimes. And it's just like, we, we had a conversation about when it came to, Dating and transactional relationships. Like if you want to be a prostitute, yeah. just say you're a prostitute. I'm not shaming you for being a prostitute. You can't
1: just say that they're prostitutes because prostitution is
0: illegal. I know I'm, I'm being facetious. Um, and I'm not shaming you for being a prostitute. I think if I'm going to shame you for anything is acting like you're not a prostitute.
1: <laughs> okay, how do how are the people that you are talking about acting as though they're not prostitutes? What are examples? I think
0: that I think that anything that involves a lack of transparency constitutes um disassociating with that behavior, and I don't think and, and let me clarify I don't think that people need to be privy to your business all the time. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I think it's important because we live in a society that's very materialistic and social media does a lot to stoke those fires a little bit. I do think it's important to have an understanding of how people are finding themselves in the positions that they're in. No pun intended. And it's not just women getting flown out. It's, it's certainly other things too. It's certainly men that find themselves in certain positions or whatever. But- um, I mean, like,
1: that's the thing. When you said that you felt like I would have more empathy if the situations are flipped, I disagree with you for that exact reason. One thing that I am keen to is there's no need to try to be a 19-year-old running game on an experienced and seasoned politician, lawyer, businessman, mm. people who it's their livelihood to make deals. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no, they, that don't even begin to make sense. And like, I, I think what's unfortunate specifically Is people who are 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 21, who are trafficked by people that they think are boyfriends or Mm. by people, you know, like there are actually there are actually situations where people were in cycles that they never healed from And maybe that young man is also in a cycle that he never healed from. That's why I'm saying I'm just zooming by because that's not my client. I don't that's not Mm. the work that I do. That's not, you know, it is.
0: And I think that's honest. Yeah. I think that's honest.
1: It gets to the point where a lot of people are living so in the moment that they're not thinking a year from now. They're not thinking slow incremental build up to whatever they're trying to achieve a lot of people are thinking instantaneous gratification like gratification they're they're not thinking oh my gosh like what is like what what if this goes wrong some people are so lost in the what if it goes right that Mm -hmm. on one hand you got to feel for them because america does have a thing called american optimism American optimism is when people lean towards believing the best of things. And it's what keeps a lot of people's spirits up and high. And I think that's also a part of how some people win popularity. They maintain a sense of optimism and they say what people want to hear and so forth. That being said, even on dating apps, what I remind myself of is I'm not leading with someone and telling them, hi, I'm talking to you while I'm on my period." Mm. You know, like I'm not leading with what somebody doesn't want to hear. And that's not necessarily omission. It's this is this is something more private. Like we're not going to spill everything out in the beginning. And I would feel that's how I also feel about traveling overseas. There, are one of my friends. I visited them when I traveled overseas and I met him in person. Like I know the person that I'm spending time with. That being said, if I travel somewhere else, specifically for someone that uh, I haven't met before and they feel flirty towards me in any way, shape, or form, I would want my own Airbnb.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And i I want to clarify that you not leading with omission and what I'm talking about are two separate issues because there is enough of a conversation around trafficking when it comes to young women being flown out to different countries, Instagram models, um, being paid to come out to, you know, parties and, you know, Dubai and things of that nature. There's enough of a conversation about the correlation between those things and human trafficking that I do believe that there's a certain amount of transparency that I'll say shouldn't be a requirement, but people are going to assume. And I think that glorifying and glamorizing one aspect of that lifestyle without having a conversation about the other side of it is not only dishonest, but it can be harmful to people wow. that don't have that context. Yes. And, and that's not, I know that that's not what you're saying. You're you're talking about a, a whole different issue. And and I can appreciate that a lot. I, I think I just wanted to clarify, like, this is what I mean by, I'm not going to shame you for being a prostitute, but like, we got to talk about prostitution. You feel me? Because it, there's a conversation to be had.
1: I actually 100% agree with that. When I was on the streets, <laughs> the and by street. the streets, I don't actually mean, you know the streets like that, speaking to people at nightclubs or bars, Mm. the numbers that I've heard people put on the price of intercourse, sexual intercourse, it's unfortunate that people don't have real conversations because that delusion and that decision to separate themselves and disassociate what, from what is actually happening and what they're actually doing is one, causing mental harm. I think I talked to you about this when it comes to brain deterioration. It, I don't think it helps the mind to live in lies, especially when the brain starts to deteriorate. So one of the places of consideration that I've had uh, just due to my uh, personal interest in lately around brain deterioration is if you are lying to yourself about the sex work that you've done and you've done things that are so far out of the realm of what you're comfortable with and, and you can't be real with that it's I can't see how it wouldn't haunt a person I, I, I can't see how it wouldn't be haunting. And I think what's really uncomfortable is the numbers that I would hear, like I would hear $400, $500, mm-hmm. $600, $700. Oh, I yeah. would never, I'm a, I was too American delusional. I was like, but you know what? I understand, like personally, I do not, My the sex, my sexual experience is priceless. And Mm. that is a separate conversation.
0: Talk your stuff. Yeah, talk
1: your stuff. That's that's a separate conversation. My sexual experience is priceless. (laughs) Uh, Because I I don't like, and especially now, I don't, I don't, I really think that sex work ruins something beautiful. Mm. And that is not to shame sex workers. This is a personal preference. That being said, I have had interactions with people. Where, from my understanding, when immigrants from South America started coming into clubs, it started becoming a thing where Johns, I think that's the term, Johns, would Mm. rollball the girls from Latin America, South America, and I'm sure probably other Caribbean islands, they were new. And the Mm. amount of money they are probably used to may not have been in alignment with what, what were the American white girls getting paid, which I don't have the research on this. This is really hearsay. This is hearsay. This is from like personal experience. We we lived in
0: South Florida enough to know like, you know, you you
1: talk to the people and you hear the word. We've been
0: in Miami enough to know. know know
1: It's kind of like when somebody asks me and they might have been being sarcastic uh, you, 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 you go to Miami. Do you, do you? And I was like, my face is real. (laughs) My face is, (laughs) my face is mine. I, I already have student loan debt. I can't take out more debt. I cannot do that. You know, I had to make some financial decisions that made sense. That being said, uh, what I think is unfortunate when we disassociate from the conversations around prostitution, which is really conversations that should, probably be led by sex workers Mm -hmm. and people interested in that world they need to be real if you are a full service sex worker call yourself a full service sex worker and have a conversation about how people are exploiting people who are immigrants who are younger who are x y and z And, and that's that will that'll that'll be how people protect people and if i'm not mistaken Within that community, there is usually a call for people to protect themselves. And then going back to something like the Tinder swindler, where this is where respectable delusion comes into play, where mm. even you don't have to be an immigrant or young, like it might be because you're young and it might be because you're an immigrant that you can just kind of tell when somebody's trying to rip you off and when they look at you like you're dumb. It mm. might be because you hold yourself on such a high value that you, and this is a lot of women's problem, not just women too, but a lot of women experience it. Well, I do this and I behave in a respectable way and I'm not in the street, so it can never happen to me. And then you have something like a tender swinner thing where he pimped them.
0: and Oh, to yeah, he like pipped them out. out. Yeah, but they pimp themselves out. And that's why I don't well, but but to your point, you know, there is
1: I don't know that they pimp themselves out. I think he literally he he pandered to them. He pandered to them and took their money.
0: Two things can be true at once. I don't disagree with you. <laughs> I don't disagree <laughs> yeah. with you. I'm not saying he wasn't wrong now. Look, all right, this you know what? I'm gonna say this. The way that I feel about the tender swindler situation, and we've spoken about it before is the same way I feel about like uh, these televangelists, as they call them, the the pulpit pimps, you know, the the preachers that make a whole bunch of money off of their flock. Yes, the tender swindler was doing something that I don't agree with. He was certainly in the wrong, but he was also being enabled to do these things.
1: See, he I really, would never be, and this is why, personally for me, I would never be in that, t- I I have never. You wouldn't be in that situation. I have never not <laughs> got money back from an ex. That could never be me. It would never be me because the thing is, if I were to, invest, it would be the last
0: time it happened.
1: If I, huh?
0: And if and if if in the event that you never got money back from an ex, it would be the last time you lent them money.
1: Truth. I don't. I don't lend money. I give money. I give. That's real. I That's give. real. I give money, and because realistically. I'm not about to I don't I don't I don't like the feeling of having to be a loan shark kind of situation. I, understand. I don't like that feeling at all. You know, like I, I would rather yeah. give, you know, because if somebody's asking and they're asking me, I loan my I you know like I, I do actually loan money. It's not even necessarily exes, like it will be friends, like you know, so in the friendships that I've had, I've never had an issue with receiving money. Mm. My friends don't play me like that. And when I give, I give. And, uh, if I loan it's because I really, you know, I'm doing something that may be a slight compromise to myself, to which I will be aware of how much I'm compromising my comfort when loaning. Uh, that all being said, that would never be me in this tender swindler situation, because for me to invest in my significant other like that, you're going to have to put a ring on his finger, put it on and make it. <laughs> no, I'm joking, but it, yeah, they would have to do something that makes sense. For example, I I know that we've talked about uh, getting tattoos, photos with somebody don't mean nothing. It don't mean
0: yeah. nothing to get a photo with nobody. No, no, no. It really don't mean, it as somebody. a black
1: person, it don't really mean that much. And when yeah. I say a black person, it don't really mean that much all the time when you meet the family and friends.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot there. There's a, Now, I'll say this.
1: <laughs> you got to figure out if how what kind of relationship they have with their family and friends. Like, how do their family and friends see them if really might not mean anything.
0: Like, do they mama help them cheat or not? Because I've heard that story too.
1: What is the nature of the relationship that person has with their family? What's the nature like, of the you might meet somebody, with somebody
0: with mama, their but they family. mama might have met their last girlfriend about a week ago too. You feel sure. I me? Mean? And she's not going to say nothing.
1: <laughs> there, there are so many... Is this a formal or informal meetup? Those are questions that might be worth asking.
0: Those are questions that are certainly worth asking. Look...
1: You know, I Honestly, 100% believe that some people's families might bring in a young person, uh, a middle-aged person, a marriage potential person, and just say crazy triggering things just to see how they react, which I think is probably wise.
0: Probably And then wise. like, especially Black families too, like, yo, Black families are welcoming as hell. You could be all kinds of busted up and and it's, if you come to the cookout, like people are going to be passing you food and uh, offering you to come line dancing because you know the lecture slide going to play because this is Black cookout. They're going to be real nice to you. Now, after you leave, some aunties might have some some things to say about you uh uh but while you're there, like people are gonna be real accommodating if black people are nothing else, we are very uh hospitable, right um that don't necessarily mean that you are uh, you in there you feel me that's that's just courtesy, so yeah, to your point like you you gotta ask enough questions <laughs> you gotta no. ask enough questions.
1: How do you, what are your thoughts on claiming partners though?
0: On claiming partners?
1: I know you, so I kind of have an idea of what you're going to say. That being said, the crowd would love to know.
0: I think, well, okay. Are you talking about in terms of my own personal relationships or just how I think societally claiming partners should be? we both. Okay. So I am one of those people that, doesn't necessarily want everybody in my business. So with that being said, I'm not really somebody that posts um, my life on social media too much. Like I'll make stories on Instagram and, and ask my followers questions and stuff like that. But like, I don't really even post my homies too much on Instagram. You feel me? So uh, a lot of times if I'm dating somebody, I'm really not having them on Instagram and stuff like that. Now, with that being said, I'm also not of the mind that like I should entertain certain things if I'm in a relationship, so if I'm being approached with a certain type of energy, like I'm gonna let people know like, yo, you know I'm in a relationship like this ain't that, but um, I don't believe in like changing Facebook statuses to in a relationship and doing all of that. I don't really believe in getting people's names tattooed I don't you know, I don't believe in showy forms of affection that are for other people. I think me showing affection to my partner is something that should be between us. I I feel the same way about religion and not to change the conversation, but maybe to contextualize it a little bit. Um, I don't think that everybody needs to know my religious beliefs or lack thereof. I think that whatever I believe, if it makes my life better, it's between me and the object of you know my religion or my spirituality or whatever i feel the same way about relationships you know so i think claiming somebody is something that's done for other people not necessarily for that person so i don't i don't really give too much stock to claiming um somebody
1: that's a really great way of explaining that the differentiation between claiming for the two people because you can't really claim a person Mm -hmm. and claiming for society, which is really what claiming is. It is for society, which is why going back to that young woman's video and see, like I didn't just see uncomfortable because of the racialized, uh, visual reality. I saw Tamika, Shauna, (laughs) LaShonda. like he was giving me that energy
0: <laughs> I could I could see that. He was yeah.
1: giving me the streets. He was giving me he was serving he was serving he was serving shorty a headache. I mean I that's you know the more that I watched that video the more I'm like maybe it was racialized and Monisha missed the boat.
0: Mm.
1: What I really saw was a young man who might have been telling somebody's daughter no words because she didn't need to hear them anyway.
0: Say less. She ain't ask enough questions.
1: You know, and I just feel like she... I guess the reason why I also kept Zooming for that video is going back to that point. You can't break a free person. You can't break... You can't whip somebody who doesn't want to be there.
0: I mean... There are real life situations where, okay, I I see what you're saying in this context for sure. In this context. In this
1: context. In this this context. Yeah. I want to be very, and I think it is important that we're specific. In this context, I really think that whatever it is that he was doing, if he loves her altruistically, he will respect his relationship with her. If they have that, beautiful. If not, then that's a funny video that we can look back at and laugh in about five years. For me, I I really appreciate what (laughs) you said about that, the difference between claiming between two people and claiming for society. It's not, I had to, I listened to this video, it was Lauren London, and she was talking about loving out of ego and how loving mm. out of ego makes you want to possess someone. And that ego can very easily be insecurity because a lot of people are worried about how somebody looks next to them. A lot of people are like, okay, can this person keep up, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's, it, it is a form of possession and some people are content with that and like that.
0: Mm.
1: I really do appreciate how she made the point of when you love someone you you got to check you got to for her it meant let being that per- like let that person be free to me i don't completely understand the context of what she's saying what she was saying i appreciate the words though and i think it's important to state that for me i really genuinely believe the only time to claim someone is when they really want to be claimed. And one thing that I've been thinking about lately is how my past few relationships, I was trapped. And Mm. I agreed to be in the relationship. That being said, aside, I would say even the one that I'm saying aside from one, because I think we trapped each other, I'm gonna be real. Mm. Aside from that one where we've trapped each other, a lot of my relationships were I didn't want to be in a relationship in the first place. And then they begged and ironically went around telling people we weren't in a relationship after they begged. So what I found is people want to be in a relationship. It shouldn't be two people hounding each other. It should be, I don't, I don't, No, I I understand the concept of people falling in love because some people's trust issues are so high that they just have this wall up and something needs to give for them to let themselves love and be loved. That kind of reminds me of uh, a scene in the show Bridgerton, the first scene that was low key, a rape scene where that young woman raped that young man. uh, Mm -hmm. He was the duke and uh, i forget their names bridgerton just kind of goes out of my head it was one of those things i was like huh that being said they both were pretty toxic uh i I really wish i could remember but seeing all those things it's like if you have to i i don't know i just kind of believe that two people should come together decide that they want to be in a relationship and then make the steps that direction and out of practicality, being reasonable and seeing the world for what it is, decide how they want to then share with the society around them that they're in a relationship. Because I do believe relationships get messy when we leave them open.
0: That's real. That's real. I mean, some people are built for open relationships. Maybe sure. not everybody. Maybe not as many people as we would like to believe. But um, that's not my realm. I ain't got no dogs in that fight. But, right. uh what final question think?
1: for you then. Oh,
0: you got a question for oh, me? Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Okay, I was going to ask you a final question uh, because what you said about some people are made for open relationships, do you think that anyone can become trappable in that case? Hmm. And what I constitutes think it would... being trapped? What's that? And what constitutes being trapped?
0: Yeah, and see, that's what I was about to get to. I... I, I... I think that it would depend on the definition of what constitutes being trapped, because trapped implies deception or coercion to me. That's that's what it implies. Um,
1: mm, you just made me unpack something that I didn't even
0: realize
1: was in a suitcase.
0: Call me TSA. I'm just playing.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> Excuse me, why playing. you think I have drugs in my hair
0: okay <laughs> look' cause you know them mm, you know them ma'am, white people ma'am, I,
1: I'm going no to way. touch your afro I am going to I, put you my, hand go touch my your hand. scalp me I understand
0: i be asking them white folks because you know uh uh when you go through TSA they'd be like, oh can I touch your hair? I'd be like, can I touch yours?" and usually that they kind of get it. Usually they kind of get it and they're like, all right, yeah, go.
1: Personally, I never have problems going through the airport. And even when I do, everything goes by very seamlessly.
0: Man, I get stopped by TSA so much.
1: I've been stopped by TSA when I was in Europe. That being said, I really just do not have... I guess like what's nice is I live a pretty consistent life and that I have not... Done anything that I'm so ashamed of that I can't claim it. that's real.
0: That's real.
1: Right? I am yeah. I am in grips with reality. Last and uh, that's I guess, a good
0: disposition to have.
1: I yesterday know? I was going on a run, and the more that I calm down and accept that I am not a bad person and that I'm like I accept myself and love myself and realize that I'm worthy of respect and so forth, I may never I, you know, for the longest time, I've, I feel like I've been slut for so long that it made me feel like I wasn't ever going to be in a relationship. That being said, the people who were slut me were the people who couldn't get me.
0: That's usually how it goes.
1: meaningful to them, so it doesn't even make sense to look back and listen to the words that they were saying. That being said, like, being able to do that and to be able to lay down and be so in tune with myself and clear-minded that I can hear my heartbeat that I can just feel my body sometimes it just feels so peaceful being that at peace and walking through the world with that level of peace when i interact with a lot of authority figures i i i don't i think that sometimes what we find is people give themselves away a lot Mm-hmm. And if I have nothing to give away, then what is there to give unless somebody's very biased? And that is a, a, that because, because I'm black, I do have that fear that someone's going to be biased against me and just like adamantly witch burn me. That being said, aside from that, I'm, I, you know, I'm at a very peaceful place.
0: Man, I'm going to tell you like this in less than a year, really in just over six months, in a six month span, I've been. Uh, in a physical altercation with the police and taken to jail on mistaken identity uh <laughs> in two different places, not even in the same places so I'm not really one to uh talk from that perspective um I think if anything, the universe has been trying to tell me I really ain't supposed to be in America, but that's a different conversation I um, get that
1: message I get that message that little. I've, ha- I've actually had it told to me as a message, like somebody told me, you really should think about it. they I'm paraphrasing, but they were like, you should think about leaving your country, to which I got really bummed out because I love the United States of America.
0: That's real. I mean, all the people. Well, I won't say all the people, but most of the people that you care about are here. It's your home just as much as anybody else's. And
1: my ancestors kind tangent, of supported the building of
0: it. Built the place. And so, my whole kind of tangent when it pertains to that is why should I be the one to leave if my ancestors are the ones that suffered so this place could be a place, you know, and not just mine, certainly indigenous peoples and certainly Asian people whose ancestors built the railroads. I mean, why is it that there's this? thought that people of color should leave because their experience hasn't been great when because, this shit wouldn't exist without us anyway.
1: Because whenever people of color existed in the United States of America, historically, they were zoomed in.
0: Oh, for sure. No, I, so that, I know why. Yeah. The, the why is more okay. of a rhetorical question. I, yeah, I, yeah. I
1: kind of had a feeling that, like, I kind of know that, you know, I'm... Adding to the conversation, because i 100 percent think that people, if they are listening, when they listen, if they don't know, should know black people were subjugated to live in certain areas. So they were not like that. That's very small percentage wasn't exactly spread out. And they weren't really visible and seen. Even when you're looking at Asian migrations, Japanese people, Chinese people, we're still looking at very small portions of the population that were more so isolated in, which kind of goes back to that little social effect that I don't know if it's coined this. uh, You're going to know what I'm talking about when I say it. Why all the black kids sit together in the cafeteria room.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of layers to that conversation, but uh, that's a that's a different conversation because that warrants its own whole uh, discussion. But um, what's the moral of the story? What are your final the thoughts on this? The moral
1: of the story is: if they can't be at peace with you, if they can't be with you, be with you, all of you, and you can't be yourself enough to know if you can really be with them. And they're not being with you, whether that means taking the action to do what it takes to be with you, or to be with you, then be alone, or you might be trapped.
0: I, I don't really have anything to add to that. That's the, I, I dig that.
1: I, I would like that. to give a special shout out to Beyonce.
0: Why Beyonce? Because I mean, not that I'm... Yeah, go ahead.
1: When I say the word be so many times, it, okay. it makes me think of Beyonce, which is very interesting. I, I think we started this podcast off kind of talking about the sound. How do you do? E.
0: Beyoncé. Hey, man, look. I'm going to go on wax right now and say you will never hear me ever say anything negative about Beyoncé. Because Beyoncé fans are crazy. I mean, I like Beyoncé, so I'm not even worried about that. But
1: I have nothing to about Beyonce say
0: Beyoncé. Crazy. I don't have anything negative to say about Beyoncé. But if I did, you'd never hear it. Because I don't want nobody knocking on my door at 12 o'clock at night.
1: This woman created this book, there are more beautiful things than Beyonce.
0: She got death threats, didn't she?
1: I don't know what she got. That being said, when I saw this book, and it's not that I didn't exactly feel a level of understanding because for the early 2000s, Beyonce was the, despite how much I hate Black women, exception. And
0: for a lot of people, for yeah. For a
1: lot of people. And in mm-hmm. some countries, they don't know that Beyonce is Black from what I've heard talking to people from other countries.
0: Yeah, a lot of people don't. And there have even been like advertisements where like they've lightened her skin. Yeah. Um, and put her on, you know, billboards and things of that nature. So yeah, Beyonce is definitely the uh the exceptional black person.
1: That being um, said, from the history and the way that the United States of America is set up. And with the knowledge of us knowing where Beyonce's from, Houston, Texas, Houston, Texas, knowing all those things and seeing how Beyonce is expressing her art now, I couldn't ever make a book comparing how beautiful other creations are just to knock Beyonce's existence. That one, like, it, it's one of those things where the way, like, you can understand the message. That being said, when that's the pet, when the pedestal is to knock another woman, and I've always felt this way. For example, when men tell me they don't like women of their own race, that's that's actually a hard stop for me. I've had hell yeah, that's a hard stop. I've yeah, had Asian men tell me that. I've had white men tell me that. And whenever that happens, if you, you don't date your own race like that conversation, if you lead, if you lead with that, if you lead with a disdain of people from your own race, I have you're Asian, a fucking weirdo. I have Asian <laughs> female friends and I have white female friends. Like I can't imagine, you know, like you're dissing my friends too. Like you know, so I think there's a little hang up there. It's kind of like this, where I don't have to knock another woman to to make the point.
0: Bro, it's so many black dudes that I've heard proudly say that they don't date black women. And I didn't grow up with this, mind you. So like when I was living in Indiana and in Alabama, like I never heard this rhetoric. It was only when I got down to Florida and I was a little bit older and interacting with people on an adult level. That, that I started to receive this rhetoric from other black men that they don't date black women or that they don't date women darker than them. I'm like, bro, you weird. You are a dork, bro. What are you talking about? Like, that's strange. And then nine times out of 10, and not all the time, but then it turns out that they don't date black women, not because they're not attracted to black women, but because black women really weren't checking for them that much anyway and so then it becomes this whole okay so you kind of hate yourself a little bit too Nah, that's weird and it's it's even more confounding for me as somebody who is dated like not to tell of myself but like probably every shade of person that you can think of conceptually um you are embarrassing us bro like as a black man, like bro, you are embarrassing us, sit down. And it's so weird because I have met so many specifically white women that only date black dudes, but they have never actually vocally said that they don't like black uh, uh, white men. Cause they talking about their fathers and their brothers. Like, come on bro, just if that's how you feel, that's cool. But you ain't got to say nothing to nobody. Stop exactly.
1: Even in the extreme situations where you hear these historical stories where, and remember, I'm not talking about anyone I know personally, so it's a little different. Uh, when white women critique white male supremacy or uh, white men in their culture, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, it's never as degrading as it feels black men berate and degrade and just dehumanize the way that some black men talk about. And I would even say when I compare it to like men who like men of other races that are like, I don't like mm. the women in my races. They'd be like, they're materialistic. They're this, they're that, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes what I feel like what it really is, is those women of their culture are really calling them out on their BS.
0: They know you're bullshit.
1: They know yeah. the bullshit, so that's really what it is. Like mm-hmm. when I hear a guy say, "I don't like women in my culture," I think he thinks that I'm about to be Boo Boo the Fool. So I leave <laughs> exactly,
0: I leave. exactly I have
1: been between the lines, you know. So it's like one of those things where I feel that. That being said, when I have ever I've heard, I've never, I very rarely. I think maybe I've heard it once or twice, but I very and usually when it happens, it's because they like white women. Mm-hmm. I very rarely ever hear non black people, namely men of color, say the women of my people are ugly and they're roaches and like they got black, bad
0: attitudes.
1: They may even say like that, but when black yeah. men say it, it's like they have a, a they're, they, they're just disgusted that they even came from the gorilla.
0: Okay,
1: like, it it like why do you hate us so much, man?
0: Hey man, shout no out to the fresh and fit podcast. <laughs> <So> <laughs> fresh and fit. You, you know what's so funny? I feel like
1: we are fresh and fit.
0: No. Okay, well, if we're talking about adjectives, yes.
1: I'm fresh and you're fit.
0: Okay, but I don't want to be associated with but yeah, I feel you. I feel you. You, you are very fresh, here. and I'm very fit.
1: Uh You're athletic and
0: I'm seasonal. Seasonal is a new one. I did. did did
1: It's funny because I do think that I'm a seasonal person, not necessarily because men make me feel seasonal. It's more so, it might, like, it literally might be a bisexual thing where if I'm in certain places for certain seasons Certain parts of my sexuality might have more chances to be free. Like, I'm not out in Florida dating women. I'm not out in Florida dating anybody. In Florida, my I'm still bisexual. Like, it doesn't go away. It just is latent.
0: That's real, especially, especially in South Florida. But I feel like that speaks more to
1: Nah, It's women really women. unfortunate because they looking fine. But the thing is,
0: the mentality. You know what kind of people are you dealing with? Yeah. Especially like the closer you get to Miami, like you know what kind of people you dealing with.
1: You feel know I me? Mean? It's so interesting because I, I just, you know, and it's one of those things where I found the true joy comes from learning how to love yourself and be in a state of happiness with yourself. And when someone, is someone, when someone, I think when someone, when someone decides you, and I look at them and say you. And they go us, I go us. And then hug.
0: Well, that is it for today's episode. I think that's a beautiful note to end off on. It's definitely a lot less inflammatory than what I was gonna end off on. So we're gonna end on that note. Cause you got uh well, I'm gonna leave that alone. Um, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Is there anything you want to tell the people out there? I'm looking at the mic like the camera's not right here. Is there anything you want to tell the folks out there?
1: Uga Booga, do not propose to me unless you have Big Shiny Rock.
0: All right, so all of them brown men that's on social media, uh, Calling Monisha beautiful and sliding You're her right, DMs. Like, there are people like
1: really high key, like trying to chop your girl. Chop, 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 chop. Oh, oh, I, I know how Winner. it goes. I know, I know
0: exactly Winner. what I'm talking about. Winner. I know exactly.
1: Winner. Mind
0: you, like, I love me brown women. So so don't get it twisted. Like I'm, I'm not being shady. I'm speaking from her experience.
1: Brown women are great. <laughs> brown men are funny.
0: Shout out to my brown women, man. You know what? Okay. Weird tangent, and I promise we're going to end it because we dang near two hours in. This is dang near a two-parter for real. But um, one uh, uh, feature that is not traditionally seen as attractive, not that it's traditionally seen as unattractive, that for some reason I'm really attracted to is I like them little like... I like them little Middle Eastern slash South Asian like eyebrows that they be having. You know what I'm talking about?
1: I do. <laughs> very full, very strong.
0: Them like them like actual Aryan eyebrows.
1: You, I think I do know what you're talking about. Like strong, angled shape.
0: Full. It's the angle. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why that's attractive to me, but for some reason. No, I, I
1: completely understand that brown women are absolutely beautiful people all around the world like all around around the world around all of them beautiful beautiful and i say this very i I think it's funny because i feel like uh, as an openly bisexual person i have to explicitly tell people saying someone is beautiful or attractive is not a sexual invitation no not at all some people don't understand that
0: i mean that's a conversation to be had but all right y'all we're gonna sign off
1: Peace out. Be sure to follow us on our socials at Hotepri at Instagram. I am at Monisha Holmes on most platforms.
0: Yep, yep. And I am mostly plants on YouTube and Helianthus.ho on Instagram.
1: Sha bye.